Have you ever noticed how the top producing loan originators that consistently do great volume have great referral partner relationships? They have relationships with realtors, builders, accountants, financial planners, and insurance agents. What's their secret and what's the strategy? How do they nail that first meeting? How do they cross sell every listing agent on every transaction that they do? How do they connect with these valuable referral partners? I'll tell you how they do it. They use the strategies included in the complete referral partner success system an easy to follow step-by-step -step training that will teach you how to attract referral partners to significantly increase your leads and grow your business for the long term. It's a 10 level easy to follow process that includes over three hours of videos and over 20 powerful scripts in video and transcript format for a limited time podcast listeners get 50 percent off it's normally 899 dollars and as a podcast listener you get the product for 449 dollars and 50 cents use the link in the podcast description for more information to get your 50 percent off discount or go to www.performance-experts.com i hope that you enjoy today's show Hey everybody and welcome to the 360 experience. I'm your host Tim Brahim and today's guest on the show in this episode is Trevor Carlson. He is the founder and uh, top producer at Heritage Reverse Mortgage in Southern Utah. I've known Trevor for about a year and a half now. Uh, he is a member of the Leadership 360 family so uh, we've gotten to know each other quite well and he's really a remarkable man. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who has a high level of integrity um, and, and a real passion for what he does. Um, Trevor is really at the top of the list and he's a specialist in reverse mortgages. He is uh, ranked in the top 10 originators in the United States in that category. He focuses solely on reverse mortgages and we're going to talk about why that is in our conversation. We're going to start this conversation by giving you a bit of a background on him and how Having you have a little bit of an understanding on his maturation from the beginning when he was focused on forward mortgages and then how he got into reverse. And then we're going to dive into some real extreme tactics, everything from how to market the product, how to sell the product, etc. So without further ado, I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Trevor Carlson and welcome to the 360 experience. Trev, happy holidays, man. How are you? Good. How you doing, Tim? Merry Christmas to you guys. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you too. Uh, yeah. You never know what to say anymore, right? It's like you go with the, <laughs> the generic happy holidays thing, but yes, Merry Christmas. Uh, yeah. And what's going on in the Carlson household right now? A lot, I bet. Uh, a lot for sure. You know, fortunately I have a great wife. Uh, so having six kids uh, in the holidays isn't too overwhelming. Actually makes Christmas a, a ton of fun having that many kids. So I bet. I bet. Tell us about their age range. So our oldest is, uh, she'll be 14 in, uh, in April. Um, and then our baby is, is turning three in February. So, so two to 13 is where we're at right now. So got some built-in babysitters coming down the pipe right now. huh? Oh, it's awesome. I, I, you know, I love talking to people who say they're overwhelmed with, uh, with two or three and, and I just tell them, look, as soon as one of them hits 11 or 12, you're, you're solid. You, you got a babysitter and life's beautiful again. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I bet it's going to be just super fun to, it has to be a fun time during this time of the year for, for you with, with all the kids and yeah. a lot of good energy in the household and all of that. So yeah, that's you're, great. You're going to be able to take a little bit of time off. Planning on it. Um, I mean, 
I don't know. I, <laughs> holidays are one of my favorite times of the year to to work because nobody else is, right? I can do more of my creation during those times. But but yeah, I plan on taking a few days next week. So yeah, I want to talk about that. I was I was checking out your bio that you sent over, and there was something I learned in there that um, that I want to explore a little bit more deeply, which is the creative aspect. I mean, I, I actually never really connected the dots before of like. Well, like, I mean, he went from being a forward mortgage originator to a reverse mortgage originator. That's a big transition. And it had to have entailed a, a lot of strategy and, 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 you know, working on your business strategically to remake yourself because that's kind of a complete redo. Um, but before we get into that, you know, let's just kind of be, begin at the beginning with like, when did you get in the business? I like think it was 06, right? In the worst of times, right? And tell us a little bit about what you were doing in those first few years and kind of you know, give us a, a 50,000 foot overview of what at, had you actually going into reverse mortgages, which is your specialty. Yeah, sure. No, I'm happy to, I love talking about this. Whenever I hire people, I give them a little bit of this backstory too. So they have a, an idea or understanding of who I am as a person as well. Um, and so I started my career in, in September of 2006. It was funny at the time I was actually framing houses with one of my brothers during the day. I was, I was waiting tables at night at wingers and and you know just you know i was 20 something and and just kind of enjoying life and and it was interesting in the course of one week i mean obviously the market's booming at that point in the course of one week i had i had two people uh two separate people who i waited on and at the end of the meal they said here's my card call me on monday i'd like to help you get into mortgages and and i I had no idea. I had, I didn't know what mortgages were, right? I knew people borrowed money to buy homes, but I mean, the, the word was foreign to me and I just kind of blew it off. I had no interest. I'm like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. You know what I mean? And I came home from work one night and my, my mom said, Hey, your brother-in-law just called. She's got a friend or he's got a friend that's moving up here and starting a mortgage company and wanted to see if you know anyone that's interested and, and something just, just clicked. I am, I want to see what's that, what that's all about. And so um, that's how I met James McPherson. I don't know if you know him. He's the president of Academy Mortgage, and and he became my mentor. He got me into the business with Countrywide. Um, I didn't know <laughs> what I know now about Countrywide, but it was a great place to start in the career in in my business. Um, that was September of '06, and and as you mentioned, everybody else was still doing pretty well, but but within six months, the market was starting to 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 uh, dwindle. Um, by the next year, things were really starting to look south. You know, we were having discussions about subprimes and those kind of things falling apart. And, um, but it, it was perfect for me, you know, looking back on it, you know, 09 to, to 2012 were rough years. I mean, there were times in my career where I'd come home almost in tears thinking, what am I doing? Why am I still doing this? You know what I mean? And, something inside me just wouldn't let me quit. And so I just kept at it, kept going, kept going, innovating, thinking, um, testing, trying just the most silly, ridiculous things to build partnerships and and create, you know, opportunities. And, and as I look at it now, and I, I watched your podcast the other day where you were saying the same thing, where the biggest innovations of your career happened during down markets. And, and that's exactly what happened for me, you know, uh, beginning in this, in that tough environment, 
was was uh, I mean it was it was exactly what I needed to to learn how to thrive and and stick to this business which tries to shake us out sometimes. Yeah, so. you know, like the the thing it's interesting. First of all, I'm glad that you finally got the message from the universe. I mean, <laughs> you had, to, had to have been a third time. They're like, God, the universe, whatever, was going. Hey, Trevor, wake up here. You need to be in this in this career. Um, but that's a really cool story, and you know. It is a blessing in a lot of ways, whereas some people view it as a curse that, you know, um, they just, you know, they're, they're, they're in the business in a tough time. But to start in the business in a tough time can be quite a blessing because you're taught to be resourceful. You're taught to be strategic. You're taught to be forward thinking and planning oriented. And you're taught to be a real business person. Right. So. So you, you start figuring it out in, you know, 07, 08, you're, you're kind of a mad scientist. You're trying to figure out what's the cell here. What's the way to cultivate relationships. And, and you were, you were specializing, as I recall, in like government loans and things like that. Tell us a little bit about that. And then, and then when did the transition occur and what was the, what was the transition piece? You know, like said, I need to go full on into reverse mortgages. Sure. So, so I learned on early in my career, one of the successes that I've, that's always one of my secrets that's always helped me to be successful is, is focus and specialization. And so in those early years, I was in a little town called Cedar City, Utah, which has about 40,000 people in it. And um, it's a big USDA town, right? I, I think my median or my average uh, loan amount was like $130,000 or something. It was ridiculous. And and so I just recognized that there was this great need for USDA for first time buyers for refinances and those kinds of things. And so I just mastered the product. I, I got to be on a first name basis with the the underwriters at USDA and and uh, to the point where they would call me once in a while and ask me what guidelines were. And um, and so I just became known in the area as the guy that does USDA. Uh, somewhere around 2012, I was recruited by an old friend from Countrywide um, to go to a, another company that's that moved me to St. George, Utah, which is a little bit south of that. And and his whole platform was a, it was a VA stream uh, shop, right? We just did tons and tons of VA streamlines. And and likewise, that that's what helped me to transition. I just I kind of gave up the USDA hat and I said, OK, VA, FHA, I'm going to master this product. And within a couple of years, I was a top producer in the company. I was, I, I mean, I knew VA and FHA inside out. And, and so at, uh, it was about 2016, it was early 2016. Life was great. I mean, I'm managing their national division, uh, making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. Life was, life was pretty cool for me at that point. And I'm out running one morning and, and it's funny, you, you, you know, you talk about God and the universe and I'm, I'm a spiritual guy as well. So I'm out running one morning and, and keep in mind, I've been in the business 10 years now. I, I have an idea of what the mortgage industry is all about. Right. And, and the idea of starting my own mortgage company was, it was, it was just a silly idea. I would never do that. I had no ambitions for having my own mortgage company because of the, the regulation, the CFPB, everything else. And I'm out running one morning and, and the little voice says, Trevor, it's time to start your company. And I said, no, thanks. I'm good. And I just keep running. Right. A couple of weeks later, again, the, you know, the, the, the thought comes, Trevor, it's time start your company. And I said, okay, I'll look into it. 
and the company just kind of happened. It was it was interesting for for as much fear as I had going into it. Um, don't get me wrong, I I did a lot of work to make it happen, but the pieces just kind of came together. It was it was it was bizarre. And during that process, again, the you know the little little intuition came and said, focus on reverse mortgages. And so again, this was kind of a leap of faith for me because at that point in my career, I had done two reverse mortgages in my life. I knew they were a good thing, and I I saw the vision and a couple of people I'd helped, but from a bird's eye view, I had no idea what I was doing. But I said, you know what, I, I, listening's been a good thing for me so far. I'll do it. And I went all in and started Heritage Reverse Mortgage. And and it's funny, and I and I apologize, I'm kind of long-winded here, but um, it, that has been the single defining characteristic of my career is that specialization. You know, I had peers and friends and competitors in the area who, you know, I my major competitor in the area actually went on TV or on on radio and said, oh, there's a new company in town that just does reverse mortgage and they won't last six months because you just can't, you can't succeed in this product alone. But but it's been that specialization and getting through the tough times because yeah, they were tough. Don't get me wrong, starting out doing one product, it was rough. But but over time I became known as the Heckam guy, the guy in town that does reverses, more reverses than anyone. And and as a result, again, I have underwriters call me with questions. I have other lenders call me with questions on how to structure their loans. I've just become known as the guy that that knows this product. So, I, I heard a couple of things there that I want to highlight for the listener that I think are super noteworthy and important. Um, <clears throat> and then we'll dive into 2016 and beyond, starting as best I can tell when you're about 34 years old, you started your own mortgage company. But I want to read something that I posted this morning in the personal development WhatsApp thread. Did you did you see what I posted this morning by any chance? Um, which it's, one? It's a quote from Young Pueblo, which is oh, uh, yeah. for, for the listeners, Young Pueblo is an author. I, I'm sure that's probably not his real name. That's his pen name. Um, he's brilliant. Um, I highly recommend his books. They're a part of my morning routine. I read a passage every morning from Young Pueblo. This is from his book, Clarity and Connection. And it's so interesting because I think you'll see the connection immediately with what you just said. So I just grabbed my phone. Let me read this. Real courage is listening to your intuition, even when society and people in your life advise against it. A lot of advice comes from fear. People wishing you to stay with the herd and to do the normal thing. Taking a calculated risk is not recklessness, it's fearlessness. And it's like, when you're sitting here telling this story, I'm thinking of this quote and I'm like, there's a lot of bravery there, man. Like, I mean, you're like, I have like that fear based thinking was I have no desire to start my own thing at CFPB, blah, 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 blah. Like the storyteller is like making up all these reasons yeah. why not. Totally. But the, you seem to have this like really like tapped in intuition, which I want to speak to that for a second for the listener too. like I've explored intuition to great lengths. And it's kind of interesting because there's, you know, I'm sure you've heard people say, oh, so-and-so is really intuitive, but I don't have any intuition. That's not true. I, I firmly believe everybody has intuition. It's whether or not you're listening 
deeply within as to whatever your connection to source, you know, whatever your definition of source is telling you, listening to your inner wisdom. And, and it's kind of cool because in these two stories that you've told so far, it's like you were getting some very clear messages. And in this particular case, you chose to heed the call, you know, to heed the call to adventure and start your own business and, uh, and become a part of the hero's journey if you want to go through the yeah. Joseph Campbell lens. There's also something else, though, that that you shared that I just don't want anybody to miss out on that is a kind of a, a common theme so far in your career. And it's that word focus. It's not trying to be everything to everybody. It's really being a master of your craft, a student of your trade, really devoting your time to being an expert in whatever it is that you're choosing to focus on, whether it be, you know, USDA, VA, and now um, the, the reverse mortgage game. And, and that's something that I used to refer to as essential knowledge. I mean, it's, it's the foundational, uh, piece that a lot of originators skip over when they first start in the business, because they are so hungry to make money and there isn't a lot of training and education out there that is made available to them to really become a master of their craft, which is the understanding of financial structure, which is the understanding of the financial markets and inflation. It's the understanding of underwriting guidelines. But these are the pivotal pillars to being a successful salesperson, because I would imagine you have stories of opportunities that came your way that had you not devoted yourself and focused on having the wisdom and knowledge, you would have completely cut short a relationship that now has been something significant and substantial in your career because you had the knowledge to take advantage of the opportunity and you had the knowledge to have the confidence necessary to sell yourself with conviction and to be convincing at point of sale, which I know you're not a salesy person, but that's not to be confused with just having confidence because you're, you, you know, your stuff. And, um, so I think it's just so important what you've just shared. You, you've, you've taken seriously, focusing on one thing and devoting yourself to being an expert at that one thing. And it doesn't actually have to be that much more complicated than that. So there's a lot of let's let's transition to the subject matter of reverse mortgages. We're going to spend, you know, pretty pretty much our entire time on this because there's so much to talk about. And I can't imagine a better person to speak to it than you. Um, so there's a lot of retirement stats out there right now. And and I, you know, listen, I I've known you for a little over a year. We've had this conversation several times. You know the, how I feel about this product. I've, I've, you know, shared many times that if I were getting into the business right now, this would be my focus without question and for a lot of reasons. Um, tell us why it's important, first of all, for originators to consider focusing on reverse mortgages as a pillar of their business uh, and, 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 you know, just give us some statistics as well. Well, and I think this is uh, uh, there's there's really something important to be said here. I think it was Warren Buffett or Steve Jobs or somebody who said, you know, going back to your point there, it's 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 not about the one thing you say yes to. It's about the 99 things you said no to. And and just as you're talking, you know, that ability to focus on one thing and become the very best at it or try to be the very best at it. You know, that's where those opportunities come. Um, And so, you know, kind of stepping into your question there. You know, that again, I think is another uh, another principle for success that I think people need to understand is is you got to be passionate about what you do. And I think, again, that's why it was so easy for me to to do this over my career, to focus on one product at a time, 
because every time I did that, I had a vision for how I was making somebody's life better. You know, it's great in mortgages. We make a ton of money. That's all exciting and, and whatnot. But 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 the idea of going to a closing for a first time buyer, you know, a young family who's about to have a kid and and then just be so excited about life and, and the fact that they're getting into their first home. That's what made USDA so cool. Working with veterans who are struggling to 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 survive every month financially. And we were rolling all of their debts together and consolidating it all. And and so again, I felt passionate about that. But no other product in my career has has created the same kind of passion and and displayed the same kind of need to me like reverse mortgages do or like Heckums do. Um, I'm going to diverge a little bit if I can. And this yeah, you may need to cut this story out because it's a little bit long. But my wife went to Walmart the other day and she goes into this lane, you know, and she looks up and the checker is probably in his early 80s. Earl is is his name. And and as soon as she pulls in, he clicks off his light to close his lane and and people keep trying to come in behind her and he keeps waving them off. Go, I'm closed. Go to the next lane. And she's just like, oh, this guy's this is this guy's cranky. You know what I mean? He's angry. Uh, this is awkward. And so he starts in on on her stuff, you know, beep bag, beep bag. You know, he's he's just putting all of her stuff in her bag and about halfway through it's it's as if he just gives up. He stopped bagging everything. He would beep it and then he'd start stacking it, beep it, stack it. And she's like, uh, can I help you with that? You know, so she starts bagging her own stuff, which is fine. Um, but but at the end, he didn't even pull it off the belt. He just grabbed his little gun and started beeping it on the belt, you know, and and she's like, man, what's going on with this guy? He must, you know, he must be having a bad day or whatever. And at the very end, she pays and she and he looks up to, at her and, and his his face just changes. He just gets a giant smile on his face, super friendly. and says, Merry Christmas. And it hits her. It's not that he's cranky. It's not that he's having a bad day. It's that he's working at 80 plus years of age. You know what I mean? He's been on his feet for four or five, six hours today already at Walmart. You know what I mean? And and he shouldn't be. At 80 something years old, he should not be making 12, 13, 14 bucks an hour working at Walmart, bagging somebody's groceries. And and so the hardship of this, you know, the, the, the reason this hit her and she told me this story. What I've just told you characterizes about 60 percent of retired Americans right now. <clears throat> the average income for. For retirees, well, well, let's use the statistics, Social Security every year publishes their their statistics and and according to them last year 60 roughly 65% of all retirees relied on social security as their primary income and the average check last year was about $1560 and so if we're doing the math that means that these millions millions of americans who've worked for 40 plus years are now living on a fixed monthly income of about $3000 or less that's why they're going back to work at Walmart. That's why they're going back to, to uh, do whatever they have to do to survive. It's not because they want to. They're not trying to climb the Taco Bell corporate ladder. They're trying to survive during Christmas when inflation is out of control. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So yeah, they're anyway. just trying to have their, they're just trying to have their basic needs met, right? Like I mean, yeah. just to be able to eat a a reasonable meal. So you you mentioned purpose, right? So like I'm already connecting these dots, like. That's a powerful story. I'm not going to cut it out. It needs to be heard. It's a great example. Um, you know, that's what drives you and that's what drew you to reverse mortgages. Um, 
tell us a little bit about the the you know the longevity statistics too because that plays into it as well i mean we have people living a lot longer um and give us some of those stats let's frame that up and then let's get into the nitty-gritty as to you know why this product is so special because it truly is but first let's set up the the reason why it needs to be made available to anybody uh, or to a lot of people out there for sure. Well, I mean, the reality is that, um, you know, retirement is not built for us uh, to live a long time, right? People don't understand this, but, um, and maybe I can send you the graph or whatever you can post it on there on, on this, but, but if you look at longevity from 1900 to today, in, in the year 1900, longevity was something like 55 or something it was ridiculous. It was so low. When Social Security was implemented in 1935, life expectancy was 59. And so the point there, if, 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 if people are connecting the dots, is that if, if you lived long enough to qualify for, for Social Security in the 30s, it meant you were already three years over your expiration date. The government wasn't planning on us to live into our 80s like we do today. And, and think about this. What if we do cure cancer? What if we cure diabetes or Alzheimer's? It, it's very realistic that, that my kids, my grandkids will live way past 100, 100, 105, 110. How do we do that if we keep retiring at age 62 or 65 or, or even 70? You know what I mean? And, and so that's one of the major issues. And so imagine this. Again, here's another statistic that, that Forbes put out a, a couple of months ago where they said that the, in 19, let's see, it was, no, it's 2019. Let me pull it up so I'm not. Um, median net worth of retirees age 65 to 74 in 2019 was $266,000. And of that, 240000 was home equity. That means that, you know, imagine you're retiring today at 65, you're going to live another 20 to 25 years, and you're going to do that on a fixed, a fixed income of about $2,500 and about $26,000 in the bank. And so, again, it's <laughs> it's scary. You know what I mean? Again, this is why so many so many seniors are going back to work for, for $12 an hour just to survive. And, and this, again, goes back to the purpose I was talking about. This is why I get so many tears at our closing tables, because... When, when we're able to step in with a reverse mortgage, it is absolutely life-changing. We're eliminating the, the primary expense that most households have. We're consolidating debt. We're giving them a cash reserve of funds that they can dip into if they hit in another emergency or want to go on vacation. It's life-changing for people um, to be able to go through this process and, and completely turn their finances up, upside down. So let me summarize and then I'm going to tee you up for a quick story that I want you to share because I think it's a really powerful one and I'll, I'll prep you for it right now. It's like the, the, the grandma or grandpa who sends the hundred dollars in a, in a Christmas card to their grandchildren versus the antithesis, which you know what I'm talking about. And I'll let you tell, tell just paint that when you can. But so summary, people are living longer. Okay. Things are getting more expensive people own homes that they've been taught that the American dream is to pay them to zero. Okay. So they're, they're they've worked really hard to get them down to, to nothing, but they don't have access to something that really represents in most people's cases in excess of 90% of their net worth, their home equity. And there is a tool. Now first tell the story of 
the Christmas card. And then let's go into how this reverse mortgage is not the reverse mortgage of two decades ago that has a lot of negative publicity associated with it. And I want you to draw the parallels between the two, please. But first, tell the story about the, sure. the Christmas card. Thanks. So, so I appreciate you bringing that up. And so again, another reason why this product is so meaningful for me personally is, is because of my own family situation. So, so I'm the youngest of eight kids. Um, my youngest uh, is grandchild number 40 for my parents. And so we have an enormous family. It's fantastic when we get together. Um, unfortunately, both of my parents have passed away. Both of them passed away in their 60s. So they're relatively young. Um, both of them had phenomenal work ethics. Both of them worked for decades, right? My dad was a college professor. Uh, my mom was an administrator at, a, at an elementary school. And, and so when they retired and their kids all grew up and moved on, it, it's as if they lost their purpose because they, they, they no longer had kids to raise at home. Um, and, and they just didn't have the finances to, to experience life. And I remember every year my mom used to send us Christmas cards like uh, you're talking about. And, and there'd be $5 for each kids and $20 for me and my wife. And I'd look at it and I'd be like, what are you doing? And I'd call her up and I'd be like, mom, stop it. This, this, this $30 is, is wonderful. I appreciate the sentiment, but I'd rather you just come down and visit us. You know what I mean? You sending $200 between all of your kids and grandkids is super nice of you, but you don't need to do it. We'd rather just be with you, right? And she said, no, I've got to do something. I want to do something so you guys remember me. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> all of us make more money than you, right? Come down and see us. Let me send you money. And she'd be like, no, no, it's okay. But but she fit squarely into that category I was talking about, a fixed income of about $30,000 a year and fourteen dollars to $15,000 of that paid for her mortgage. You know what I mean? And and so at the time when she she passed away, oddly enough, she passed away in July of 2016, um, two months after I started this company. And so I didn't I didn't do a reverse mortgage for her because I didn't see at the time the beauty it would have been for her. But um, but, you know, when when gas prices go up 20 cents for me and you, meh, it's kind of annoying when it goes up a dollar, whatever. You know what I mean? When gas goes up a dollar. For somebody living living on this kind of a fixed income, it stops their life. They start have to they start having to think about well, should I fix the furnace this month or should I fix my tire? Should I get that hip surgery or should I um, whatever fix my water heater so I can take hot showers? You know what I mean? And it's it's tragic. It's tragic that people are experiencing this after decades of hard work um, serving their their neighborhood, their communities, and their families. Well, hello, friends, and I hope that you're enjoying this episode of the 360 Experience podcast. To listen to the remainder of this episode, please visit us at The Loan Atlas, where you will also find the most comprehensive resource for mortgage professionals to build their practice, backed by the greatest faculty that's ever been assembled in the mortgage industry. Check us out at the link below or go to theloanatlas.com. Look forward to having you as a guest on our next episode of the 360 Experience Podcast.